Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We're momming today with Richard Wiseman, the CEO of The Learning Experience, about the increasing need for childcare, not only to get the workplace back to normal, but to get the family back to normal as well. Rich, thanks for coming on and congratulations. Four children and two new granddaughters. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Congratulations to yourself and your child. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Number three for me, There, uh, there's not going to be a number four. Actually, I'd like to get your advice on that. Should I go for number four? <laughs> Well, you know, not to make this long, but I always say when you have one kid, you get invited to all functions. Two kids, you lose about 20% of your friends. Four kids, you lose about 60% of your friends getting invited to any party whatsoever. So that's Got really it. what you want to do. Yeah, I, I kind of notice I host most play dates these days since we were that's able to, uh, to have them, since the world reopened. So talk to me about the world of business. How much has it reopened for you in the sense that families are saying, yeah, uh, Junior's got to get out of the house now. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I am in a very, very lucky position of being in the business that we're in. And the need for childcare is even greater today than it ever has been. Um, we are, we were hit significantly, uh, call it April, where our revenue were, was forced by state and, and federal agencies uh, down 70%. And then we were only taking care of first responders. We have uh, bounced back significantly. Uh, in fact, last month, we're back past 100% of lease system-wide sales. Uh, but we still will leave this pandemic opening 100 new schools. So we're in a very, very good position. But, you know, the truth is, is that, you know, we just find a, a, tra- a tragedy in the industry that, you know, is possibly one out of four childcare centers won't reopen. And, and since the market was 90% mom and pops um, and 10% regional nationals, uh, it's mostly the mom and pop schools that, that are not reopening. Uh, that can just present an opportunity for us to grab a hold of more market share. But I, I think that what we see is even a bigger tragedy at, at present, just as we speak right this second, you know, with 57% participation rate by women, which is a 33-year low. Question is, when will they all go back? And clearly, childcare needs to be a top conversation at that moment. So, so that's that's the thing. You know, through this pandemic, um, the economic recession was called a, a she-session because women left their jobs. They bore the brunt of the child responsibility and the education from home. How many of those women are going to go back to the workforce? I mean, what what are you seeing on the ground at your child care centers? Listen, I am more of a very practical mindset that um, I have seen. I've been doing this 40 years in preschool, and I've, I used to say I've seen it all until this pandemic. I don't think that the two-income mothers and fathers, and I totally agree with your position, that this was a basically a forced issue to to the women that are working today with I, what I think uh, 30% of women not back to work with 10% for men. So 
I, I agree with you, but I don't think they have a choice. I, I think the, they have to go back to work. If they want the lifestyle they, they had, they're going to have to go back to work. And then the question is, how much can you keep the child at home when you're working from home? If that's going to be the new norm, which I, again, I'm not necessarily a believer that's a new norm. And I still believe you, you cannot be successful working from home and having you know two or three children uh, below five years of age running around the household. So uh, childcare is going to be conversation be top of mind conversation while the women do go back to work because that's my true belief. So, so answer me this. I, I actually, I just had a, um, yesterday, a weekend barbecue with the cheerleading and, and the football local teams in my town. And, uh, you know, one of the moms was like, well, I work full time. It's from home, but the kids are in daycare. That's how you have to do it, right? Because if you're expected, if you're doing the hybrid thing or the completely remote thing, you have to have these Zoom calls, you really, I mean, maybe in the beginning of the pandemic, it was okay to have your kids in the background because everybody was kind of thrown into this environment. But now over a year in, and if this is the new normal, uh, your home has to also be be your office. So have you heard from parents saying, look, I'm working from home forever, but I need to send my children out of the house? Yeah, it's definitely top conversation. Um, I really think entering into the pandemic, I think there was a moment in time, and listen, clearly I'm not a woman. So at least from my perspective, what I have seen, whether it's my wife or my children who are now having children, what I see is there was a great moment in time to re-engage your child because maybe there was a guilt trip, you were working too hard and you could spend some time. And now that you've spent that year and a half at home, you now have an opportunity to say, listen, I need to put food on the table. I need to do what's best interest for my family. And having them in the background, I can't dedicate my time and effort. As a woman, I can't dedicate that time and effort to educate the child because that is the material issue as I see it, is this loss of a year and a half of education, social beings, emotional being, and the ability to make friends, which is so critically important at that age category. I mean, we gain what's 85% of our IQ before the age of seven. And, and I think the, the question becomes more whether the mother wants to stay home and work. Is that in best interest of the child as well? So I think there's two parts of that conversation that a mother has to have with, with their significant other. Oh, they're having them. And uh, <laughs> I'll have some interesting conversations on that when we're Momming Today returns right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back on We're Momming today with Richard Weissman, CEO of The Learning Experience, a child care provider nationwide. How many um, how many centers do you have, Richard? I know you're opening 100 new ones, which is great news. Congratulations. But how many do you currently operate? 300 operating units, and we're opening about one a week. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, everybody I know worked from home for a little bit, right? And essentially everybody I know, except for me, will go back to the office in September, after Labor Day, part-time. So this hybrid work work environment, I, I think for many people, is truly here to stay. Have you been able to work with companies where the companies can provide or, or some form of benefit or help towards parents sending their kids to, uh, to daycare? 
Yeah, the interesting thing is one out of four, so 25% of our population comes from a, what we call a corporate sponsorship. We have a division called Work and Family that works with corporations providing, whether it's a childcare discount or incentive program for the individual families. At the present time, I think we have 12 or 13,000 children that are sponsored by a corporation that goes to our center. It's interesting though, you know, I haven't, and, and, and it's a whole different conversation, I haven't seen corporations jump right now to offer additional incentives like childcare. Um, Why not? While, you know, that's an interesting conversation. I don't know. I think everyone's just working at how do we get parents back to the office? And I think that's top of mind. And then the question is, do we have additional opportunity to provide additional benefits to our workforce. And since there really hasn't been a demand from the mother because they've been at home, uh, the question is, and that will be a conversation, we predict in the next 12 months that it will be a top of mind conversation with large corporations and small corporations alike, how they cater to not only get the, the person back to the office, but how are they gonna deal with their child? I think that is a conversation if CEOs are not having it, they need to start having it now. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I had a conversation recently with my husband and we were saying, what would the one partner, whether it's the, the, the dad or the mom, what would their salary have to be to, to make it worthwhile to go to work? Because when you think of the whole ecosystem that revolves around the working parent, right? The nanny, the daycare, the transportation, the commute to work, the, you know, sometimes you need, um, whatever, it's expensive. So there's that magic number. And if mom and dad makes more than this, it's worth it for them to leave the house every day or, or three days a week. It's kind of shocking because daycare is very expensive. If you, if you think about it, though, whether you're competing against a nanny at home and the economic factors that play a role of keeping somebody, at home, a child at home and putting them in a childcare environment, we're open 12 hours a day. So the mother and father that are both working, that really need childcare for the benefit of taking care of the child. If you divide the 60 hours a week we are open uh, to that mother and father, we're very competitive to at home. I know it's expensive, but you know some of that factor is now a whole conversation about minimum wage and everything else. We have seen at our centers a 30% increase in base comp packages just in the last 30 months. That Wait, is what's a base comp package? So our minimum wage right now for call assistant teachers is just shy of $15 on an average. So we're already at the $15 mark before that conversation. And then for the teacher, it uh, depends on the market that you're in. Obviously, New York, much more expensive than Arizona. Um, I, I would argue the fact that while childcare is a, a costly proposition, I think there is an offsetting conversation to have about the true education. I did hear you call it daycare. We don't, that's a bad word in our Sorry. company. What's uh, the right okay. word? No, no. Childcare? No, it's, we call it childcare learning centers. Um, the reason that we call it learning is is that we really do focus on the educational aspects. I mean, we teach Mandarin in our schools. We teach sign language in our schools. We teach not only the ABCs and one, two, threes, but coding. And I can go on and on. 
And, and the loss of that ability for a child to be in an environment to absorb that knowledge is, is somewhat tragic and, and needs to be provided. So I think the number one conversation parents need to have, again, is an economic question, but I think the number one conversation to have is what is the benefit to, to my child at this stage of their life when they're absorbing so much knowledge before the age of five. Except for the the moms that homeschool and always have, my hats go off to them because my kids don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, ca- I can guarantee you that most parents aren't teaching Mandarin or coding to their children if they stay at home with them all day. Can guarantee you that. Um, pick, pick a market. Let, let, just, let, let's just talk numbers a little bit. 60 hours a week, how much would that cost a family to send their, their child to to the learning experience for 12 hours a day? Sure. So again, it's it's very, very regionalized, um, primarily because of the real estate costs. Obviously, Manhattan is much more costly than sending their child to something maybe in South Florida or Arizona. Child care for full time, and just call it preschool, so call it four and five years of age, um, runs at, at a low side right now of $900 a month to put aside Manhattan for a second, uh, to, to as much as 1300 1400 a month uh, for full-time five days a week for a four or five-year-old. You know what? <laughs> That's not that bad because the cost of um, a nanny, for instance, is much more than that. They don't get that, that social environment either. Right. And it's very difficult to find a nanny now as well. And I, I can attest to that since I'm recently back at work <laughs> after another baby. So I guess what do we do, what do, we do with all this information? You know, we, we've seen this radical reworking of the workforce and even the family unit with mom and dad participating more, but now maybe being called back to the office, teachers um, more appreciated in general, right? I mean, I, I feel like after this past school year, we were in private school, so my kids did have school every day. I've never appreciated teachers more. Where where are we going in terms of working parenthood? What's the future? Uh, from, from my perspective, obviously being dealing with it every single day, what we're seeing is, and it has been a trend, um, is that the at-home daycare, you know, the taking care of five kids or eight kids at an at-home setting is just not providing the questions that parents are asking. And the number one question, which you just raised, which is the true educational aspect, you know, not only the social and emotional ability to make friends within a childcare environment, which is so important, the true economic benefit that you want to see is that my child is actually advancing in education. And you want to see that value as a proposition to allow you to say, hey, listen, it's not that I have a guilt trip. It's the right thing to do that I want my child before entering kindergarten to be able to read, to be able to do math, be able to provide maybe a secondary language or find out their own skill set. Maybe there's an instrument they may be very good at, whether it's piano, guitar to anything else. And and you got to give that child that opportunity. And the at-home daycares were just not doing it. And even the small childcare centers uh, that couldn't afford what we could afford at our larger base of, of centers and, and what we invest in technology and everything else every year. They're just not pro- able to provide it to to every to their children in their center. And I think the whole conversation is, is that you're going to see larger schools open. You're going to see the regionals and nationals grab a hold of more and more market share because we can just make that investment 
uh, without forcing the prices to be significant to the parent. Yeah, bigger um, is better, I guess, right now. Yeah. So if, if Rich, if true uh, the true educational aspect is the number one question you're getting right now from parents, what's the second most common question? Well, that's an evolving question because we were in the height of the pandemic. So the number one question for parents was safety. Like, how are you dealing with the safety protocols in your center? Obviously, that question is still top of mind, but is not as... Uh, aggressively asked by the parent. And so we have been very proactive on the safety question, obviously, on not only how we clean our schools, but doing temperature checks at the front door, every every teacher and parent, and in many cases, the children at, at, you know above two years of age wearing masks. We're now relieving the mask mandate if they've if the parent or teacher has had uh, their complete series of shots, uh, vaccinations. Um, so we're starting to do our best to get back to normal because that's what's best for the children to get back to normal. And so we focus on that. So that question is becoming less and less. Education is definitely number one question. The second question is, in, in my, in at least what we're hearing at, at our centers, is is more of a, the economic question. So the two top questions beyond safety right now are how do I afford it, as you just asked, and the and how much education is my child really uh, obtaining? Okay, now back to you. How exciting are, how exciting is it to, you know, be a grandfather for the first time? Or I know you don't like that term, to be um, the father of, of, of um, children who have children. Um, you know, I, now I, listen, I'm going to talk as a, a, um, from a man's perspective for a moment. So obviously my wife is super excited about changing diapers and having the grandkids at home. And I'm waiting for them to do ballet and uh, dance recitals. Um, it is it is interesting that um, they say that, you know, it's even better being a grandparent than it is a parent because uh, you can get back the child. Uh, so we did babysit the other night and we had one of those moments where she would not stop crying. And it was so nice to just call my son and say, I think uh, you need to come home a little earlier. Tonight. You did not. So, was that their yeah. first date and you called them home? It wasn't their first date, but it was one of their first Hold dates. on. So was the follow up uh, question from your son and daughter in law, how is it that you run an organization of learning experiences and you can't get my baby to be quiet? First of all, I wasn't trying to get her to be quiet. I, all I wanted her to do was go to sleep. It was le- it was 10 30 at night. Okay. So, you know, truth <laughs> of the matter is, that was a very good question. Thank God I have so many teachers and caregivers at our centers that do this every day. Um, and you're absolutely right. I shouldn't have called my, my kids, but I did. So I'm, I'm playing. I, I've been called back before, too, to tell you the truth. <laughs> okay. um, and, I, and I will say that when they're your own, it's much it's just much harder. I, you yes. know, I have kids who are like the angel in school and they're the devils at home. So that, <laughs> that's I another understand. justification well, I, I, for sending them away my- from the house. At an early my age. daughter, my daughter-in-law was sure happy when she, when the second she was there and she saw her 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 daughter and she picked her up, she stopped crying instantaneously. So you're absolutely right about the mother-daughter <laughs> connection. Richard Weissman, thank you so much for momming with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Congratulations for your time. on the one a week you. new openings and the new additions to the fam. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.